What's up, everyone? Tara Roberts here, and welcome to the Dear Miss Fantasy show for week nine. We are the official mailbag show for Player Profiler. It is week nine. Week eight was insane with breakout performances and crazy injuries. I am short on time because Halloween has thrown my entire schedule off. Like, <laughs> kind of crazy. So we're just going to dive right into the hot topics. I hope you had a happy Halloween, by the way. I hope it was wonderful. And I hope your kids didn't eat a ton of candy if you got kids and go bouncing off the walls and crazy, crossing my fingers that mine don't absolutely lose their minds. Um, today at school. So, <laughs> all right, diving into the hot topics. I got to start us off with um, our, our thumbnail king right here. The man of the hour, the man of the week, the man that unlocked DeAndre Hopkins, the man, the myth, the legend, Will Levis, led his team to victory. Yes, it was over the Atlanta Falcons, but hey, he led his team to victory. High pass volume day, not in terms of, you know, attempts and completions, but 19 of 29, good efficiency there, 238 yards, respectable, four freaking touchdowns three of which went to DeAndre Hopkins. What a debut in the NFL. I mean, can you can you ask for a better debut? Technically, apparently we've seen that before from a Tennessee Titan before in their debut. But um, this was incredible. Um, very inspiring in terms of hoping that, you know, the Levis outlook is going to be very strong moving forward. And he's actually going to have an opportunity because it was looking shaky there for a while. His draft capital stock or stock, uh, dropped. His draft capital dropped back there in May during the draft. Then we had Malik Willis that was looking like he was playing ahead of them. We got worried that Will Levis just wasn't going to be a thing. If you made any dynasty investments, I am raising my hand because I did make, in fact, one. You were looking like, dang, I could have used that pick on literally anybody else in that higher upside. But here we are. Here we are, and we have reached this moment. Um, one thing I did want to point out, he only he had seven carries. They were only for 11 yards. Um, <laughs> this production that he had was purely pass volume. There was no rushing upside, but we know that rushing upside exists Will, 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 with Will Levis. And the thing that I wanted to note here with him Randomly, completely randomly. I just looked because I was kind of curious. I was like, hmm, I wonder how Russian quarterbacks have done against Atlanta. And they actually really haven't had upside. Sam Howell and Jordan Love are the best um, kind of sample sizes to take away from that. Both of them have that rushing upside that exists within them. Neither one of them had um, the type of rushing upside that they typically have. And that was actually Will Levis's worst rushing um, yardage of the year against a team. So Atlanta just might be a team that randomly you simply don't run against or can't run against, something like that. Um, so it's possible that we have more fantasy points on deck to be unlocked in the future with Will Levis and his legs. So this is, you know, this was the guy that people were saying he could be the next Josh Allen. And everyone's like, there's there's never a next Josh Allen. I say that. it's You know, it's not like we've had Josh Allen for that long. But I don't know, man. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good about this. And the thing about this, and you notice I have my coffee, like I'm super cold here. It's randomly cold in Houston, like had to turn on the heat. Um, this typically doesn't happen uh, here. No, it's not technically October now, but you know, close enough. Um, like 40 degrees. I'm cold. I don't like this. I don't do any form of winter. I like my nice, you know, I feel like I missed fall. I need my nice 
nice little 65 degree mornings where I walk up and I'm like, oh, it's a little crisp. Like this, that's what Houston is for. And we just skipped right over that and went from like, hey, it's 90 degrees into, hey, it's like 40 degrees. So you're going to freeze. Oh, man, random. Sorry, random. You guys know me. Sometimes I get those random stray thoughts come through. But back to my man, Will Levis. Um, and the Titans as a whole, man, I mentioned he unlocked DeAndre Hopkins, who has been just wildly disappointing all year. People were thinking, okay, DeAndre Hopkins washed. Um, Will Levis got out there and proved that it was literally just Ryan Tannehill, um, which is fantastic, right? We've got DeAndre Hopkins now. Again, not a high-volume game, but four receptions on six targets, 128 yards, three touchdowns, um, and Will Levis paid off exactly how he was supposed to. The deep ball, the arm, the cannon, that was supposed to be his thing. I like it when quarterbacks come out and display the talent that we knew that they had. Like, we can build around the other stuff. We can build the other stuff up. But we need you to come through on exactly what was promised. It was like CJ Stroud. We talked about him earlier in the season. He came in. You delivered on exactly what was promised. Accuracy. Precision. Game intelligence, you came in and you delivered on all of those things that were the qualities that we expected of you. We can build around the rest of it. So this was fantastic to see. It was also important to note that Derrick Henry played very well in this game too. 22 carries, 101 yards. From a fantasy perspective, it doesn't look, you know, massive. You may overlook this and say, okay, it was an okay game. Um, it's because he didn't have the touchdowns. Obviously with Derrick Henry, you know, uh, touchdowns really push him over the edge there, but it was good to see him surpass that hundred yard mark touchdowns obviously went all to Deandre Hopkins. And then one way, one uh, touchdown to Nick Westbrook, Akine. Uh, Hopkins did have four receptions. So that was good. We got, you know, some confirmation that while Levis will push the ball downfield, he ain't afraid to dump it off too and check down. So that was good to see overall. This was fantastic. Um, even Chig Okonkwo. Didn't really have much fantasy-wise. You may overlook it. This was actually the second most targets that he has had all season. Did it amount to much? No, but we're heading in a positive direction, and that is what I want to see here with Will Levis. Take us in a positive direction here. So um, I'm sitting here holding my coffee. I'm just going to take one sip. Give me one second to take a sip of this wonderful coffee. Note. Oh, that's hot because I just made it. Note that um, that coffee has no mayo. That's important for me to point out because, as we know, Will Levis occasionally drinks his uh, coffee with mayo. And if you head over to my Twitter, don't do it now if you're, you're like, you know, don't leave the show. I don't know, maybe just like pull it up separately so you don't leave my show. Um, but if you head over to my Twitter at some point um, later after the show, I advise you to do so because during the game, after Will Levis threw the third touchdown pass and everyone's just in awe, like just like in Twitter, just like, oh, Will Levis, Will Levis. I made a tweet and <laughs> I said, um, if Will Levis throws a fourth touchdown or another touchdown, I will put coffee or put mayo in my coffee and drink it, film myself drinking it. And shortly after I sent that tweet, um, he did, in fact, get that fourth touchdown. So, um, because um, because over 700 people liked my tweet of me saying, saying fuck after he threw the fourth touchdown, um, I was like, you know, 700 people, that's a lot of eyes. I feel like I got to pay up. So I, um, I did it. I, I did um, film myself. You can head over to my Twitter. Um, it's Tara time. 
and you can see me literally it's a nice display i put the it's a clear glass put the mayo in it's miracle whip i know it's not mayo like just like give me a little break there i didn't have any it's not my choice uh <laughs> and um put it in there and drink it so go watch and enjoy in honor of will levis and um <clears throat> and his uh ascendance into hopefully the starting quarterback of uh, the Tennessee Titans for the rest of the season. Well, you're not, we're not going to get that confirmation from Brable. We're not. Um, maybe if we have one fantastic Thursday night game from Will Levis, we can get that confirmation from Brable. That would be wonderful. But they're in such a weird position, right? Because Ryan Tannehill is with them through the end of the season. That's, you know, trade deadline has passed. We will talk about that in a second. Trade deadline has passed. Um, it is what it is. Tannehill is there. So it's kind of a weird situation that they have to walk through. They can't offload him. So if they wanted to move forward with Will Levis, they got to officially bench Ryan Tannehill. I think this, you know, injury lingers for a little while and, you know, Levis gets more work. But, you know, it just, you know, we've seen before that Tannehill doesn't willingly want to um, move on. We saw before when he said, you know, I ain't trying that. <laughs> train Malik Willis. <laughs> Me? No. So, you know, we know Ryan Tannehill. Um, so this will be very interesting to see. This could be a dramatic situation. We need a lot of drama in the NFL. I like my NFL with drama. Speaking of NFL with drama, <laughs> Josh McDaniels fired at midnight. <laughs> um, we can all cheer and rejoice. I know Raiders fans are cheering and rejoice, but let's be honest. This is a win for all of us, isn't it? It's a win for all of us. Finally, Josh McDaniels gone. Um, we'll talk about this real quick here. Cause again, we are pressed for time. Um, all cards are on the table now. Like, I mean, we could see a change at quarterback. Um, Jimmy G just <sighs> beautiful man. Uh, <laughs> subpar quarterback <laughs> he just he he's not it um we've seen we could see them decide you know hey let's try and see what Aiden O'Connell's got got and you know see if this is something we can carry forward into the future what kind of investment do we need to make at quarterback are we doing a rebuild are we getting someone in free agency you know there's about a thousand different directions that this could head. Um, so this is going to be interesting to see the Raiders close out this back half of the season. And we've seen the Raiders. We have seen them rally behind an interim head coach. Um, that interim head coach is no longer on their staff. FYI, Rich Passaccia. Um, but we've seen them do that. So, you know, we could see an uptick in um, fantasy production. So this is not a panic and bailout situation because we need to see, because we've seen before that, you know, they're Raiders. They can rally if, you know, they get out of a bad situation and this was a bad situation. So um, it's also important to note um, that we got a promotion from defense to interim head coach, not from offense. So I don't know how much we'll really see in terms of changes to the offensive schemes. Now the offensive coaches that remain could make adjustments and whatnot, but this is kind of just the wait and see. Don't panic drop anyone. There's I mean, there's no one to panic drop because really who are we rostering? We're rostering um, Josh Jacobs, Devonte Adams, Jacoby Myers. Those are not droppable players. So we're just holding on right now and we're seeing where this heads. Um, other thing that I wanted to touch on before I dive into the mailbag, um, <laughs> Miles Sanders. <clears throat> I want to read a direct quote. I don't know if I'll read the whole thing. Um, read a portion of the quote here from Frank Reich talking about Miles Sanders. 
And I quote, Hey, if it's even if it's limited touches, I got to make the most of what touches I get and the plays I'm in. We have a lot of confidence in Miles. Chuba is getting the bulk of the carries the way our run game is going. He is a more physical, downhill runner, but Miles is a great player, so we want to continue to mix it up. Sometimes, I've just seen this happen before where it feels like an eternity to Miles, like a two or three or four game stretch will feel like an eternity to a player. Mm. But over the course of the season, it can turn. It's not a guarantee to turn, but it can turn. So we'll continue to rotate those guys. I don't know about you, but everything I just read there, that is <laughs> the least ringing endorsement I have ever heard for it running back. Miles Sanders, the dream might be dead. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Such a shame. Because he was being drafted as a top 20, um, a top 20 running back. A solid RB2 for people. People were, you know, investing in him, thinking that this is, you know, time for him to get that, you know, three-down work in Carolina. They're going to be run heavy. Um, but I think the writing is, it's been on the wall. And the problem is that this can never go back to Miles Sanders as a three-down back because it never was Miles Sanders as a three-down back. That's the problem. Chuba Hubbard was always getting into the mix. He was always dipping into the receptions and third down work. And then he started creeping into the carries and then it started to be a committee. And then Sanders got hurt and Chuba took over and he looked good and <sighs> coming off the bye week, completely healthy. There are no injury issues. This is literally just them looking at Miles Sanders and saying, eh, I'm sorry, you're being outperformed and you're gonna have to take a back seat. He had, Less production than Raheem Blackshear this this past week. This is a bad situation. You cannot trust Miles Sanders. You cannot start Miles Sanders. Um, this ain't it. I just, this is so, so bad. Um, let's move on to things that are not so bad. <laughs> the trades, the trade deadline passed. And um, you might be underwhelmed because we didn't get DeAndre or not DeAndre Hopkins. Um, we didn't get Derrick Henry treated or Devontae Adams. And what we ended up with was Donovan Peoples-Jones and Josh Dobbs. <clears throat> but there were defensive moves. And these are critical things for us to talk about. Um, we'll talk about Josh Dobbs later because that actually is kind of critical from a fantasy perspective. But um, we'll talk about these defensive trades real quick. The ones that I want to highlight here, Washington. This is critical here. Washington offloading Chase Young and Montez Sweat. They threw in the towel, right? They said, mm -hmm -hmm. you know what? We're just going to get what we can out of these guys. Um, it is what it is. And... Their defense now is going to look and perform vastly different. And this is a big deal because it's not like they were performing well. They were already considered a good matchup. This just kind of sealed the deal here of us looking at this and saying, every time you see a team play in Washington, you need to lick your chomps and say, hmm, we got some streamable options this week. Um, this week it's New England. Wish it was a more usable team, but hey, New, New England just got a little bit more streamable this week. Um, Mac Jones, quarterbacks, um, we'll talk about quarterback injuries in a second. Quarterbacks are um, a precious resource right now is what I will call them. They're a precious resource. They're dwindling down. And Mac Jones is a streaming option this week for you. 
We've got Demario Douglas stepping in for um, Kendrick Bourne, torn ACL. Ugh, I hate, mm, love Kendrick Bourne. I'm sorry, that just like, <laughs> let me reset here for a second because I love Kendrick Bourne and I've been frustrated for so long here with the fact that Bill Belichick just never gave him the opportunity to actually be a critical portion within the Patriots offense. He could have easily been a solid wide receiver too behind Jacoby Myers last year in the prior year. But for some reason, he just, you know, no, I just got better ideas, you know, but there weren't better ideas. And finally, his hand was forced to let Kendrick Bourne be the wide receiver one. And Bourne was doing well. And then torn ACL, life is just not fair. It's not right. Um, Demario Douglas is the one that you want to look at, obviously, as the guy that is going to step into that wide receiver one role in New England. It is not. <laughs> it's not Juju. <laughs> it's not Juju. Poor Juju. <clears throat> or Devontae Adams. Or Sorry, Devontae Parker. All my Devontae's and Devontae's. Mm, way too many. Devontae, Devontae Parker. Unfortunately, he ain't it either. So I really do think that we're going to see the increase in production from Demario Douglas, who was already really asserting himself in that Patriots offense. So you'll love to see it. You'll love to see it because he is the most explosive player in that offense. We make no mistake about that. That receiving core, he is by far the most explosive. So we move forward with it. The other thing that I wanted to note there as well, um, Green Bay traded Rasul Douglas. Um, and while Rasul is not elite by any, I'm a Packers fan, um, but he's not elite by any means. Um, it just kind of adds on right there to that Green Bay defense and the loss that they've had in their secondary. Um, they've clearly said, <laughs> They've clearly given up hope. They put two players on IR, two quarterbacks on IR last week, um, Eric Stokes and I'm blinking on the second one, but there was um, the second one that got put on there. Um, I'll have to look at that after the show. Now I'm angry that I, I should be able to recall that immediately. But now Rasul Douglas gone. I mean, we still got Jair Alexander there, but overall, you when you look at this Packers defense, you've always say, okay, you play the running backs and, you know, you avoid the, you know, quarterbacks and you're, you're okay with the quarterback, but you avoid the wide receiver one because he can get locked down by Jair. You got to ignore that now, unfortunately, no offense to Jair by any means, but with the talent that they have back there as a whole, they are so depleted wide receivers and quarterbacks will be able to light that secondary up. And that is what we saw with Kirk Cousins before the Achilles injury um, in Jordan Addison. So that will continue. So just target, target quarterbacks. Anytime you're looking, um, unfortunately, again, it's kind of similar to Washington facing New England. Green Bay is playing the Rams and we don't know who's, you know, what's going on over there. Unfortunately, um, we got to monitor that situation. Uh, but just note moving forward, penciling, just start penciling in the Packers quarterbacks and wide receivers facing them. It's not just the running backs. The Packers are now a lighted up defense, stream them, start them, um, people that are playing against them. And then the one other one that I wanted to talk about here, um, is Seattle reinforcing their defense with Leonard Williams. Uh, over the past four weeks, Seattle's defense has gotten remarkably better healthier um they've been a difficult matchup keep that in mind you have to pay attention to the trends with defenses um we'll talk about another one in a little bit i think but you have to pay attention to the trends with defenses because what you think in terms of the how what you know defense has been um 
performing throughout the entire season. The way that they were performing earlier might have absolutely nothing to do with the way they're performing now. Look at more recent trend stats with their performances. Don't look at the season as a whole because it just might tell a different picture. All right, before we move on to talking about injuries real quick. We are going to hear a quick word from our sponsors. This episode brought to you by Mojo. Mojo is that player stock market. We love Mojo because we like making lifetime bets on players. You run out the clock on these guys. Mojo just rolled out a brand new fantasy platform. That's right. So now you can build a portfolio of player props. Oh, Jamar Chase over 77.5. Oh, Kadarius Tony under 15.5. Whatever the under is on Kadarius Tony, doesn't matter. You can just stack up the props in your portfolio. And the beauty is once the Sunday games kick off, it's not over. It's not over until it's over with Mojo because once those games kick off, you can then move in and out of positions. Let's say that you're well ahead of expectations. You can cash out. Let's say you're behind expectations. You're underwater. Well, you can double down. That's what makes Mojo so special, why they're different. Check it out. Go to the App Store. Get the Mojo app and use the promo code UNDERWORLD. The promo code UNDERWORLD gets you a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. So the promo code is UNDERWORLD and they will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Go to Mojo, start building your portfolio, and then during the games, you can be a fantasy day trader. All right, all right. We are back. Um, We're going to dive into injuries real quick. Uh, (laughs) We'll start off with the positive. No major injuries at running back. Travis Etienne had a little something but came back, so um, yay. Um, Tight end, there was only Darren Waller hamstring, which was incredibly frustrating. But um, technically, he said it wasn't that big of a deal. He could have come back in, which is maybe even more frustrating. But So maybe not something significant. Wide receivers, we talked about Kendrick Bourne, uh, Curtis Samuel, Toe. This is very interesting. It is no coincidence that Jahan Dotson finally had a good game when Curtis Samuel was dealing with injuries, um, and he was highly productive. Can we just – please kindly, can we all write letters to Ron Rivera and say, please, please abandon the Curtis Samuel obsession and let Jahan cook? Please. He's so talented. Um, Drake London groin – just monitor that. But the quarterback situation. Quarterback injuries. Oh, what a what a week. Kirk Cousins, Achilles, done. And I hate that for him because, again, this is a contract year for him. Hate, hate, hate. Um, Josh Dobbs is now the starter. Traded from, <laughs> traded from Arizona real quickly. Um, hey, good on them capitalizing off of that. And good on... Minnesota going out and trading for a quarterback versus saying, let's go get Carson Wentz. Like that probably not the best move. Um, So Josh Dobbs, let's not, you know, let's not beat around the bush here. He is. I love Marquise Brown. I like the promise of Michael Wilson. I like Trey McBride. I don't mind Rondo Moore, but let's be honest. Dobbs is upgrading, 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 upgrading. Um, in his past catchers, like it ain't even close. Minnesota has, I mean, I mean, Justin Jefferson will be back. Um, we've got that at least Justin Jefferson will be back. Jordan Addison, 
TJ Hawkinson. Um, KJ Osborne is, you know, comparable to, honestly, more comparable to what then, you know, Michael Wilson could give you. So, I mean, you're just, you're upgrading significantly here across the board. And he's got that rushing upside. We know that Minnesota likes to push volume through the air. We know the run game hasn't really thrived. So this is a good situation for Josh Dobbs. Um, This was a good decision by Minnesota, so good on them. Um, Let's monitor Josh Dobbs and see where this heads because this is very, very interesting. He will not um, monitor him for next week, though, obviously. So next week we're looking at him. Um, (laughs) Stafford thumb injury. Similar thumb injury that he had previously. So this is going to be a weird one that we're going to have to monitor, unfortunately. Um, Kenny Pickett rib. This is critical um, because a quarterback can play through a rib injury. This is not going to, this is, you know, by no means are we talking about Kenny Pickett's going to miss all this time. Like look at, you know, Justin Herbert last year, Justin Herbert, broken ribs, didn't miss any time, like didn't miss any time. But we saw the downgrade in performance from him. It affected his mobility. They didn't run him. Um, Pickett needs to be mobile. Um, He's not a running quarterback, but he is a very mobile quarterback. So this is going to affect him, unfortunately. So it's something that we have to monitor. Last year, it took Justin Herbert um, at least a month to really get right. You saw it. Um, So it's just something that we have to kind of monitor. Baker Mayfield knee doesn't really seem like a major issue. (laughs) Kyler Murray. Um... Looking at him for his potential turn return next week. Um, I just think it brings, you know, significant upside to Arizona players. This is my last call for training for Marquise Brown. Um, you have to remember, the, the, please put your bias aside from Arizona being trash. Okay, I get it. Put your bias aside on that. And remember last year when they were still objectively a bad team. Um, so bad that Cliff Kingsbury got fired, right? Uh, at the beginning of the season, when there was no DeAndre Hopkins and Marquise Brown was a wide receiver one and Kyler Murray was healthy, we have a clear and definitive timeline of week six weeks there where he was operating as a top five wide receiver. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. I'm not delusional. The stats prove it. Um, Desmond Ritter concussion was cleared. <laughs> Um, it doesn't matter. Just like Atlanta is Atlanta. I told you guys already, I don't mess with Arthur Smith anymore. Arthur Smith anymore. It's like, nah, don't trust him. Don't trust the Atlanta players. It is what it is. And then Tyrod Taylor forces, basically he's going to force Daniel Jones to come back from that injury now. So, um, we're still not really trusting the giants as a whole. We trust Saquon Barkley. Um, I still think that if Darren Waller is healthy, it's easy, you know, streaming option at tight end or low end tight end one, but you know, we'll have to kind of see around that. All right. Um, Oh guys. Yeah. As a reminder, before I dive into mailbag questions real quick, um, as a reminder, you gotta watch uh, Theo Griminger's new show dynasty life. So I always talk about a show across the player profiler network that you need to check out because Player Profiler has, I mean, good Lord. I mean, just go and look at either the YouTube channel or the podcast feed, and you can see literally the plethora of fantastic shows on every single topic that you can imagine. You are never at a loss for shows all day, 
every day. And you're going to want to watch this new show, Dynasty Life, with Theo and his first guest. His first guest is Ryan McDowell. Um, Theo always bringing in the heavy hitters, right? So this is going to be like, can you can you have a better guest for talking about Dynasty? <laughs> so this is going to be a fantastic show. Make sure that you check it out. All right. Let's dive into the mailbag questions. Um, we got some good ones. Again, I am cutting this mildly short because my time, as a reminder, my timeline with Halloween has just been thrown off like massively. My timeline in general for the whole week has been just pushed way, 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 way back. But so much just kind of went chaotic on <laughs> Tuesday, um, particularly Tuesday night. So, all right, let's um, dive into our first question here. What happens with, with Montgomery back? Will Gibbs keep the Camara role? I love this question, and I wanted to specifically pull this one and put it on the show um, because this is something that we have to talk about. This is critical. So I hate to be the bearer of bad news, and this is not to detract from what Gibbs did because I love Gibbs. Um, I advise many people to draft Gibbs in Dynasty, ones that were a little bit afraid. I was like, no, no, no. You want to make this dynasty investment. This is one that you need to be good with. Uh, don't skip over him. And over the past two weeks with David Montgomery out, I've been very pro Gibbs, very aggressive Gibbs um, is a top back um, must, must start last week. But there was a reason for that. And it was beyond him being the RB one. Um, and it was beyond, you know, him having the best matchup that, a running back can have. This was just going to be a fantastic setup for him, right? He he was just ideal matchup. You could literally guarantee that the volume and the fantasy production was going to be there. And it was 26 carries, 152 yards, touchdown plus receptions. They averaged 5.8 yards per carry, but we got to point something out. Craig Reynolds also averaged 5.2 yards per carry on 14 carries. Uh, that's a good enough sample size to say that uh, Gibbs looked fantastic. I mean, there was that touchdown run. I mean, he looked electric, right? But this was a good matchup. And we have to rein ourselves in and understand that when the coaches look at this, they know this as well. They notice this and they can say, hey, the same thing happened in week seven. So that was week eight. The same thing happened in week seven. Uh, Gibbs, I almost said Swift. Gibbs had a fantastic game, strong yards per carry. Again, a tough matchup against Baltimore. But guess what? So did Reynolds. Same situation. So when they look at this, they're seeing their run game is strong. They're seeing that Gibbs is electric, but they're also noticing, hey, man, we also threw Craig Reynolds in there, and he also performed extremely well. The run game was just, as a whole, outperforming expectations. So I don't think that this is a situation where they look at him and say, you did fantastic in these two matchups, and we're just going to give you the primary role, and we're going to dip on David Montgomery. It's not going to happen. Um, so this is a sell high on Gibbs situation. Now, I do think that the receptions are going to stay. But the problem is, is those receptions already existed. He already had a game with like nine targets. He already had a game with like five receptions. He already had this. And 
it was getting him around 10 fantasy points. The floor was okay, but the upside didn't exist because he didn't have those touchdown opportunities. So if we go back to him having strong volume through the air and some usage on the ground as well, but no touchdown opportunities, you get that little messy, sticky kind of, you know, nine to high upside of 15 fantasy points, which is, you know, good, good, but you typically it's not going to hit that 15 and you won't get that 30 point ceiling that he's been having over the past couple of weeks. So this is a sell high situation on Gibbs. He will continue to be an important part of the offense. He will see an increase in volume, but touchdowns simply might not be there. And if the touchdowns aren't there, we're going to be disappointed, unfortunately. So <sighs> sell high on Gibbs right now. Just yeah. <laughs> Unless you're a contender and you want to keep him as a nice little insurance policy in case. Um, I say contender. I'm sorry. I always think redraft. Unless you I mean, like redraft, unless you have a strong record, you're, you know, only one or two losses and you just want to keep Gibbs around for a kind of insurance policy in case Montgomery goes down again, which does happen occasionally, um, then I can do that. But if you need to, if you need wins now, sell Gibbs get production that's going to impact your fantasy roster immediately. All right. Cause we got the bye week too. So keep that in mind. Uh, next question. Once Kyler Murray is activated, who would you prefer rest of season? Jared Goff or Kyler Murray? You guys know I'm answering Kyler Murray. <laughs> that's not even a question for me. Murray has a bad schedule. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Um, and Goff's schedule is strange. Weeks. 10 through 12, he has excellent matchups. Weeks 13 through 17, there's only one good matchup in there against Chicago, and everything else in there is bad matchups. One of those, uh, when you get to the playoffs for golf, um, it's not going to be a good situation. So if you've got a winning record right now, you want Kyler. You maybe don't need him right now, but you can have him on your roster as he gets healthier. And, you know, even if you need him right now, you can still roll him out and play him. It's not going to be a terrible situation in my opinion, again, because we're looking at a team that has to push volume because their defense is trash. Um, but if you got a winning record, you want to hold Kyler for that playoff run. Hope he gets into a nice little rhythm and carries you through. If you got a losing record and you need wins right now, you want golf because he's got the nice little soft matchups coming up. Um, you're on bye week though. So that does suck. But you want to sell him um, for that playoff portion because it has two away games. We know. I hate to do that whole, you know, oh, home versus away. But some players you do have to reference it, unfortunately. He's got two away games, and he's got Denver at home. And we need to talk about the Denver defense because so – I don't know. To plug, is it weird plug yourself on your um, own podcast? Like – Check out my Twitter regularly because I give a lot of content out there. It's waivers, it's trades, it's, you know, start sets, all that good stuff, live shows, a um, lot of stuff for you every single day. But one thing that I do every single week, and it's on my Twitter right now, so you can go take a look, um, maybe a couple of tweets back. I don't know how much um, I've tweeted since then, but um, it's a video that I retweeted, um, a trends video that I do for CBS. Three, three, every single week, three, three trends um, from the prior week that you need to know heading into the next week before you set your lineup. A little catchy phrase. Um, 
But the thing I want to point out is, is that Denver was part of my trends video. I like these trends videos. Um, they're good and they tend to, you know, they tend to hit. So that's why I'm recommending going and watching it. But Denver was part of my trends videos last week because people, I wanted to point out to people, you keep looking at Denver and saying, oh yeah, good matchup, good matchup. <laughs> no, Denver's defense is not a good matchup. They have not been a good matchup over the past several weeks. Um, and I should have put this in my notes so I can have you, but go watch the video. I think I say exactly um, how, what the timeline of their um, turnaround for their defense was. I think maybe it was like the Jets game that was the start or something. I can't, off the top of my head, I can't remember. But for several weeks now, um, they were only allowing a maximum of one offensive touchdown per game. The Denver defense, specifically. And I know what you're saying. You'll look at the score and you say, that's not possible. Oh, it is possible. It's possible because I looked at all those games. It was not the defense that was allowing a lot of points. They were allowing a lot of field goals. The defense defense bends, but they don't break. The Denver's defense bends, but they don't break. They allow a lot of field goals. But actual touchdowns to the offense via the defense, not via Russell Wilson throwing an interception and it got, getting returned for a touchdown, the actual touchdowns via the defense are very, very slim. They're a stingy defense. They're not a good matchup. So keep that in mind. But knowing that and then looking at Goff's playoff schedule, it's a bad schedule. I do not think he will do well over the course of that schedule. So... Something to keep in mind. Uh, moving on to the next question. <laughs> do we see, and I'll talk about this one quick, but do we see, kind of touched on it. Do we see Will Levis on Thursday? Do we see a different Will Levis on Thursday against the Steelers? Um, I don't think we do. The Pittsburgh pass defense has been weird, but they've actually been bad against the pass. You don't see it in terms of fantasy points to the quarterbacks because the quarterbacks haven't exactly been lighting it up in terms of um, overall fantasy points, but they've been getting up, giving up yardage. They've been giving up yardage and they've been giving up at least one touchdown in a game. So if you look at that with Will Levis and you kind of see where the trends will go, I think that we'll see a decent game from Will Levis. He knows that he needs to rely on DeAndre Hopkins. So that's, you know, step one for a rookie. Know where, know who your key target is. I think we'll also see the Steelers try and continue to reinforce that ground game with Derrick Henry. So another 20-plus carry game for Derrick Henry in support of the rookie quarterback would be fantastic. I don't think that we see a bad Will Levis on Thursday. We may not see a four-touchdown Will Levis on Thursday. I'm not going to be making any bets by the way, on Will Levis. But if you're jumping in mid-video, um, reminder, go to my Twitter and see that I did, in fact, um, <laughs> put mayo in my coffee and drink it for Will Levis. That happened. You can see the video on my Twitter. Um, you can call me crazy, too, uh, <laughs> because that was not pleasant at all. But um, I think that he's going to do well. And if you're looking for, if you're hard-pressed at quarterback and you're in a deep league and you need a streaming option, I don't think it's the worst thing to do to turn to him. So, no, I don't think we see a massively different Will Levis on Thursday. Um, and then final question here. Darren Waller, hurt again. How can we trust him? I have admittedly 
not more trust in Waller. I don't think I have more trust in Waller. I have more, more optimism in his talent. Maybe that's a good way to phrase it. That when he is healthy, he is elite. The problem is, is that we don't know when he will be healthy. We cannot predict his injuries, obviously. And because the Giants team is so bad, we cannot predict when minor tweaks will make him sit out. And that's what it looks like happened last week is that something happened because he specifically said, you know, I could have come back in if I had to. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Darren. Thank you so much for that. Um, But I don't know. I guess you can't really blame him on that. It was not like they were, um, it was in a good situation. They weren't passing the ball. So if they weren't intending to pass the ball, what's the point of bringing Darren Waller in? So I get it. I get it. But it looks like we are going to be forced to have Danny Dimes back this week. And so that said, I, if Darren Waller is cleared on Friday in terms of his hamstring injury and he's cleared to play, I would start him. I know maybe it feels ill-advised, but he is still the primary target from a receiving perspective in that offense. They'll continue to push aggressively through Saquon Barkley. Apparently they said they're just going to run Saquon into the ground. How do you give a man 39 carries? That's just, <sighs> that's ill-advised. But um, from a fantasy perspective, we love it, but it, that's ill-advised for him. Um, they'll continue to be run heavy, but Waller is the primary target within that offense. And if he is healthy, if he is cleared, you can roll him out. If not, then it's difficult to trust him. And I can see myself benching him. It's just tough because when you bench him, unfortunately, that is when things go positively for him. Uh, but but yeah, Darren Waller, he's um, a conundrum. I'm still, I'm not completely off of him. I will not be off of him. Um, we just got to hope that Danny Dimes can come in here and be healthy. So a lot of this really depends on the clearing uh, and timing for Darren Waller and Danny Dimes. And so we know what kind of confidence level we can have in the pass volume that's going to be there. So I could see myself sitting out this week and then kind of revisiting Darren Waller, but I'm not off of Darren Waller to the point where I'm saying I'm never starting Darren Waller again. Absolutely not. I can't do that to that level of talent. All right. That wraps things up. That was our last question. Good questions, guys. We had a lot to cover um, this week in terms of talking about our main topics and then injuries. It was just a wild week for us to kind of bounce through. But I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I enjoyed talking to you. Um, Again, you can always hit me up on Twitter. Um, If you have any questions, tag me. If I miss it, please re-tag me. I'm sorry, guys, because I do, especially especially on Sunday. I'm going to miss things on Sunday. I'm not going to lie. But if you tag me earlier in the week, I'm more apt to get to it. Um, so tag me, let me know. Um, tag me multiple times. If I miss it, it's perfectly okay. I'm not going to get irritated. I'm not one of those people. It's like, you know, how do you tag me multiple times? It's fine. I won't get offended. Um, so yeah, I, I appreciate it. Cause I love answering your questions and I love to hear from you guys. Drop me a comment below as well. Um, post video. I can't like, I can't mid video, um, address the comments in the chat, but post video, drop me a comment. Um, and I will respond and I will read it. And I would appreciate that. It always makes me happy when someone responds, even just like a thank you, Tara. I like those. Um, so I appreciate it. If you're listening on the podcast version, please subscribe. That would be greatly appreciated. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like the video and drop me a comment. Make sure you're subscribed to player profiler as well. I'll talk to you guys next week. Same time, same place. Good luck with your lineups. 
Um, and let's pray for a good non-injury week. All right. Talk to you guys later.